0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Dr. Edward Nugent. Now, I've used the prefix doctor, and I did ask him, listeners, uh, how he wanted to be referred to. But although Edward is a doctor, and we'll hear more about that a little bit later on perhaps, but for the purpose of this podcast, it's Edward. And Edward is a founder of several businesses across Europe. He's an author, an entrepreneur, And business designer and has been a guest lecturer at Lund University. Edward focuses on business growth through sales and marketing and is the designer of the digital scorecard, a means to find out how well your business is using digital in sales and marketing and powering many digital strategies today. Edward works to empower business owners and managers to grow their businesses with digital, which I think we all probably accept these days is the way to accelerate growth. Yeah, I know most of the schemes here in the UK in particular have been digital growth programmes because digital is at the heart of that, listener, so uh, we're in for a real treat here. Edward currently lives in Ireland but undertakes most of his work in Scandinavia and Europe. Uh, so uh, welcome to today's podcast, Edward. Thanks, Simon. Really happy to be here and, and listen, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I've, I've never been, I, I, I sort of put a bit of emphasis on Scandinavia because I've never been to Scandinavia and a friend of mine has moved back there and they said, oh, you know, when we get settled, you'll have to come out and stay with us there in Finland. And they said, you'll have to come out and stay with us and uh, you know, visitors in our home uh, there in the Arctic Circle area. Oh, okay. um, so we're trying to make that happen this year but not an easy place to fly to i must admit we've got to do about three or four flights to get there and i think it's going to take us about 34 hours of wow. flights and stopovers to get there so uh, not that straightforward but anyway i digress <laughs> yes um, so, do you know so any, any, any tips on traveling in scandinavia would be more than appreciated um yeah So do you know what? There's one thing on on people
1: don't realize, uh, certainly not in in this part of the world, is how big it is. So, as an Mm. example, from the south, Sweden mainly, I I, I spend time on. From the south of Sweden to Barcelona, is about the same distance from the south of Sweden to the north of Sweden. That gives you the idea of the size. The same. Finland basically, it's it's parallel to it. Huge country. Really long. Uh, yeah. Whereas we think, oh, Barcelona, that's a long way away, you know? Um, yeah. It was Northern Sweden, Northern Finland. Yeah. What I understand to get there, um, yeah, it takes time.
0: Yeah, and I should imagine the travelling's a little bit more difficult and uh, not that easy to, or are the roads better in Scandinavia? I don't know. Yeah, and you fly,
1: like, for me, it's easy. I, I spend most of my time either at the south of Sweden, so I fly to Copenhagen and then cross yep. the bridge, or direct to Stockholm. That's oh, what most of right. Yeah, time yeah. um so it's yeah. very easy it's yeah. do you know what it's easy it's easier to do that than probably to get to London even yes. though the flights London is quick it, 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 because it's less people and the public yeah. transport is pretty good yeah uh, train systems fabulous um, is it?
0: Ah, yeah. okay that's interesting yeah. and you can yeah.
1: work on it I do a lot on the train um yeah. you, know, you can work on it and they're bigger you get more people space
0: <laughs> yeah so so perhaps I ought to think about getting a Better airport and then getting on the train and going to where they live rather than yeah, trying to hop, hop on flights. Yeah, depends
1: how far north they're
0: going. Um,
1: there's night trains as well, yeah, yeah. Or so you, you know, get the eight o'clock in the evening train and then you arrive there at maybe 11 the next day.
0: Yeah, okay, um, I'll give that a go. I'll have a look. It yeah. yeah, so uh, I know you were waving at me earlier on before we started the podcast. Uh, the, the sample or the the coffee that you're drinking. Tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're drinking today, Ed Edward, and why. Um, actually, first I can start with the type. I
1: pretty much any Colombian coffee I'm in. Uh, okay. It to me is the nicest coffee. It's smooth. It's. Um, I like to drink it. Yeah. Whereas the, the I'm not a huge fan of the little espresso because you know what you get one and it's gone. Whereas I actually yes. like to sip coffee all day. And that's why the yeah. Colombian coffee is very smooth, easy, nice blend. And the blended, mm-hmm. blended variety to me is, is a nice one. Um The one actually I'm at the moment, and I don't think you can probably see. oh yeah, you can.
0: Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, where yeah am I that going? Way. That's there. it, yeah. Uh, Frank and Honest. Ah, I find it okay. really good. And it's not expensive. And yeah. it's a mild, mild brand. Uh, but Frank and Honest, this one actually is a mix of Brazilian and Colombian. But it's a mild roast. So I drink, you know, this is a, this is a mug. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that's just, a good-sized mug, yeah. i drink a few of these a day, and I'll feel fine. It's not yeah. the strongest coffee, you know. Um, mm. So that, that's why. Now, aficionados of a coffee, probably don't like that in a sense, because it's a mild version. Um, mm. I love the brewed coffee, you know, the one. they It's in a brew all day, yeah. and you what's almost like tea. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's a drink, you know.
0: Yeah, and I must admit, I don't know you listeners are the same, but I love these places and I look out for them where you get free refills. Now, uh, yeah, in England, that is pretty rare. Yeah, and and, uh, I begrudge going to a little coffee shop uh, or tea room and you get a small cup of coffee that you pay probably about three pounds for, so three euro uh, equivalent, and then you drink it in about eight or nine sips and then they want to charge you another £3 for another one. So I, I look for anywhere where they have, like you say, you know, the filter coffee and you just sit yeah. there and they just keep asking, would you like a top-up? Would you like more coffee? That is heavenly for me. And usually the coffee is quite decent as well. Exactly. Otherwise yeah. people wouldn't keep going back, would they? Exactly. It's like the old American Dino. Yeah. That to me a nice concept of coffee because
1: they have a brew and they keep walking around topping you up with a hot coffee. Uh, I know coffee people don't necessarily like the coffee in the US, but from a taste point of view and having a, you know volume, <laughs> because I quite like yeah. it. It
0: it's nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that surprised me, uh, I went into Lincoln, uh, Lincoln City nearby where I live at the weekend, and I think it's one of the first back in the UK we have a Wendy's. Now I remember seeking right. out Wendy's when I used to go to Canada and the States and what have you because you know you knew what you were going to get, it was like the McDonald's of the day uh, you knew what yeah. you were going to get and again they're a big one for free refills as well, or used to be perhaps they've distorted now, I don't know but yeah, um, so I'm going to check out the Wendy's when it's open. I've never been to a Wendy. You've <laughs> never been to a Wendy's oh well, oh, yeah, there'll be the one point. coming to you soon, I'm sure yeah, not they're, having a, they're coming <laughs> back into the UK so uh, you've given us some idea into digital scorecard and being the designer of that and helping businesses with sales and marketing. What's been the most significant thing that you've been working on, Edward, of late? Um, of late, it's
1: funny. Um, I We spend so much time explaining to people that digital is... is many things. It's not just one thing, you know,
0: Mm.
1: what you can end up doing is confusing people because then there's so many balls in the air. And I often refer to it as a, as a basket of onions and you peel it off. And it's, it really on first look, you know, what you're looking at, then you peel a layer and another layer and you have multiple onions and that's quite confusing. So we've worked at quite a lot and it's been brewing for six months. Um, we took action in January to simplify. To make it easier for people to buy from us. I know it sounds like a, a, an obvious thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's really hard. And we've spent quite a significant amount of time, and I'm not finished, trying yeah. to define what we do much more on the terms of how our customers are buying. And what well, we ended up, because we have different membership programs, and yep. it was funny somebody triggered this in me last summer when i was doing a workshop um and there was somebody who, who's let's say on a scale of one to ten in terms of digital knowledge is probably on a one or two and it's very easy to discount these people and say ah they just don't know what they're doing Yeah. but i'll tell you she kept asking questions and she got to the point one question stuck with me it really did and um, it took me a while to work out what it really meant for me. And she says, there's gotta be an easier way. <laughs> she kept saying this to me, there's gotta be simple, simple, simple. And I get people asking me to, for the a simple option and it's often the lazy option they're looking for. And I'm saying, it doesn't exist. You've got to put the work in. Yeah. Now I knew this, this woman was not afraid of hard work. So it kept sticking with me. Well, okay. What does that really mean? How can we define what we do and help in an easier way? And it took us about six months um and what it actually meant is we've now defined four modes companies and people can be in if they're implementing a digital strategy yeah so instead of you having to deal with you know let's say 12 15 onions in your basket i'd say well actually these four are probably most important to you now so we have created these modes uh creator sure. mode uh, hunter mode gatherer mode and scalar mode. are so the four modes that you'll be in depending on where you are. And we spent three days, actually, with Ryan Levesque designing a quiz So ask you 12 questions, yep. simple questions. By the end of those questions, we can say, well, actually, this mode fits you. Have a look at this. This is where we think you should start. So in other words, helping people to get going. Um, one of the complicated things with all of every, everything digital in many ways, the more you know about this, it doesn't matter where you start, starting is what matters. Correct. Because you find your route, route around. Um, but that's not enough, because people still want to know, well, what do I do? It? What do I do next? You know, um, and that's what we've been working very hard on. So to define one of our membership um, groups on those terms, so you get an entry point.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it is a lot harder than I initially thought it would be uh takes a lot more work to make things simple it 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 reminds me of the expression i'm sorry for writing you a long letter i didn't have time to write a shorter one it's the same kind of that's so true you 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 put a lot
0: of work to make things easy um so we're almost there yeah so what what i mean you're absolutely right there edward and yeah i i see so many people make things so complicated for buyers. And I think Donald Miller talks in his book, you know, uh, marketing made simple and building your story, but confusion loses sales. Correct. Correct. So if you're, if people are confused by the onions in the basket, how on earth, if they're confused and very often uh, the worst thing I would, I find is that when you ask somebody, the seller is confused. The business owner can't tell you clearly what it yeah. is that they're selling, so if yeah. they can't explain it in an easy way, how on exactly. earth can anybody understand it? Exactly, yeah. and it, it is a huge issue
1: yeah. for
0: for more. But it but it's not easy to do that, is it? It does take a lot of work, and I'm glad you've mentioned that because it this takes, is not a quick fix, is it? No, it's not. And I I thought it'd be quicker than it was to be honest with
1: you, <laughs> yeah. Because we had it fairly clear, I thought. And then you go through it and we spent three full days and we ended up coming up with the 12 questions and we ended up coming up with the four personas or modes we actually call them modes not personas. Yeah, yeah. this is your goal you're in now for the next three months creator mode yeah. you know create content that's going to work make sure yeah. people resonate make sure they engage you know um hunter mode make sure you're getting you're getting leads you're getting people saying i'm interested in what you do yeah. having your follow-up system and yeah. it's only at the end because one of the one of the real issues I do have with with um, a lot of clients we have, they often start with advertising, and it is the last thing you should start with, because yeah. advertising helps you to scale, it doesn't build the foundation, yeah. And scaling without the foundation, it, it's just a waste of money. Yeah. Um, you know, a workshop around last month, we had we had small companies coming in, and it was brave. Actually, it was again. It, it's it's often. It's often the women that are braver. They say it, and um, she says, "I spent thirty thousand crowns. It's, it's about three thousand pounds. Yeah, advertising, and I have nothing to show for it." Yeah. As soon as she said that, oh, it's almost like the you know the, the water's break. Everybody, everybody says the same thing. Yeah, that was my experience as well. So we had loads of people doing this, and it's because they're trying to scale before they have the foundation. Um, yeah. Agencies are not their friend. Agencies are just going to try and spend your money. They won't ask you the critical questions. They won't tell yeah. you no. They often should say, sorry, you're not ready. But if they yeah. do that, they, they lose money. Yeah. Um, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks of this world, they'll help, help you spend money. They won't help you get customers. There's a huge difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, with, within within a lot of this. So this is what we work with and, and getting the order right. But everybody, of course, wants to scale.
0: Everybody wants yeah. to boost
1: posts. So you're fighting that natural flow, you know.
0: Um, It's interesting because one of my coaches, Taki Moore, in his Black Belt program, he has a roadmap. And the roadmap goes on different layers of revenue. Yeah. And advertising on social media or Google doesn't appear in that roadmap until you're third level up. And, it's exactly, and everybody, I've been on lots of sessions with him and they all say, yeah, yeah, um, I know I need to craft my offer. I need. I know I need to set up a payment process, but surely first I need to get some leads. I need to get some ads out there. And he's exactly the same as you just said there. Yeah. No, yeah. get every, get everything else right. Get the foundations, get your message, get your hook, yeah. get your processes, get your systems, get yeah. the leads coming in. Get them trickling in, get a nice steady trickle flow, and then yeah. use ads to get more of them. Once you've got all of that right, exactly. scale, yeah, yeah, exactly. Scale. I like
1: that. scale. Yeah. That's all it does, and that's the big mistake that people think it builds a business. It's very rare, um,
0: yeah. very rare. I would. So, we've we've mentioned the word scorecard uh, a few yeah. times, and quizzes yeah. seem to be the thing, you know, particularly with um yeah. chat gpt ai being able to build scorecards for you etc um yeah. what difference is having a scorecard made to you you know what kind of change is that giving you because yeah, you know, I, I see lots of them but i i've never spoken to anybody who's actually had one and implemented it and used it so you know yeah. what difference could it make to me or to somebody listening to this podcast
1: yeah i if i give you a bit of the backstory to where it came mm. from I was, I was doing, I was some of the early customers for Google AdWords um, and it was fabulous because we went from TV advertising, print advertising to people searching for us. It was mind blowing when that happened. I thought people are looking for us or our service. I just have to get in front of them instead of I doing TV ads, looking for people, you know? It's a huge change. So anyway, that worked so well I started looking at well actually we need more than just advertising and web pages and an offer you need a few more few more pieces to it with crm on there as well you need follow-up you need email so we started putting all these pieces together and then someone would ask me what are you doing i said well there's all these pieces you put together and i then described them all and i created that's where the book came from initially was, each one was a chapter yeah i like graphics so i thought well i want to represent this somehow so i represented this on a framework, all the different pieces. So then I could explain to people, okay, this is what you're doing. And then we thought, well, actually, wouldn't it be great if I could then help them understand are they good or not at a specific part? Hence the the traffic light system. So did that. So I then spent this is about six years ago. I had that. I also I'm involved in tech companies. So I had a CRM system that we designed actually from scratch. It was before CRM uh, was out there, to be honest with you we actually built it for ourselves and then clients used it so i was making the decision do i go the consulting route with digital scorecard or do i go the tech route and launch the crm system to more clients i spent about a year deciding on this one of the meetings i had i was going through lund i lived in sweden in late 90s um for about eight years and i was going through Lund, and i thought oh i wonder if Carl henrik still here there's 20 years ago since i met you enough you know I, I, sent him a message and he says, yep. And he says, I'm not there right now, but I'll be there in a week. And I thought, great, meet you next week. So I was sitting with him talking about this, you know, and one of the guys, his consultants that was there gave me, uh, left the room and he came back into the room and he was showing the book. He says, what are you talking about? He said, it sounds a bit like the equivalent of the balanced scorecard. If you remember this from finance yeah. in the digital yeah. world, I said, that's, I said, that's a good uh, analogy, you know? hence that's what the name scorecard came from so we went digital scorecard out of that meeting wow, um, wow. so it's, it's funny how things go you know so what we use it for is for two reasons and i use it actually for the latter people often want answers so they do answer questions ah i'm i'm green i'm doing well here i'm red i'm not doing well here yeah well people like that kind of thing i i actually rather that they spend time on the question there's 120 questions what does that question mean to you and you learn from that who cares about where you are yeah then you can begin to see what's important and not so i start with the scorecard and say okay spend an hour answer the questions what's your thoughts and then you do your plan from that that's the way i rather do it um the new program we're working with with this this quiz is okay what do you do next what's your action plan so i use it the scorecard more from learning Understand there's a wide world out there. There's lots of things you could do. Yeah, yeah, sure. You understand, and then you'll see where you are. Now, okay, wh- where do you start? What's most important for you now? Yeah. And that's when you begin to take your actions. Because theory is no use unless you have the action. And digital success is actually, it's, it's, it's a small bit of planning, and it's a hell of a lot of implementation and mistakes and improvement and getting better. That's what it's really all about, you know and the scorecard is a way of getting started think reflect yeah and and then take actions that's kind of how how, how it works we have thousands who've taken this now um every month i'd say genie mac the the light one uh probably between 50 people a month take it good and the and then on the pro probably 20 a month so we have thousands and thousands of companies who've done this over the past couple of years, actually, yeah. I'd say. You know what? I don't have the full count, but I know in yeah. workshop we've over three thousand gone through the workshops, and you've wow. done a Scotland. Have you done that? Plus then, the light. It's probably five thousand companies yeah. have done
0: that. Yeah, well, that's a
1: good sample to, to test the yeah, success. Yeah, yeah.
0: Then, yes, that's good. Yeah. And, and I guess going, you know, it gets people thinking because that's yeah, the key. Yeah. And and I completely agree with that. One of them um, in Mike McAllowitz's book, Fix This Next, and he looks at his business hierarchy and he has his assessment. One of his questions is, you know, do you know that you, what your level of sales needs to be to maintain lifestyle congruency? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And the answer is yes, no, what? But actually, as you say there, Edward, it's actually looking at the question, actually, do you know what your lifestyle congruency is, first of all? And that's where most people stumble, because they they really have to look hard and think, OK, what does my lifestyle actually look like? What do I want it to look like? And the question really, really digs deep into that. But the the other thing I would um, just follow on with from what you said there, because it was churning away as you were talking, Having a a scorecard, having a quiz, um, you know, the ask method, whatever it is, Daniel Priestley's score score app, um, is follow-up as critical as I think it is? Because having somebody complete a quiz is one thing. And if you're using it as lead generation or for nurturing leads through your pipeline, you know, to me it also feels that if I completed a quiz and then I got no kind of follow-up, I'd feel a little bit let down. I'd feel a little bit that I've not completed the process and vice versa. So how important is follow-up for the listeners if they're going down this sort of journey? Yeah. Um, Actually, I'll answer them in two two different ways. Mm. If you want
1: sales, follow-up is king. That's where it's at. Uh, My statistic is roughly three times your sales. So if you're a company and you're saying, I want traffic to buy now. Yep. Let's say that gives you one sale. If you say, I want um, traffic to engage with me and sign up for this, and we do a follow up, a follow up uh, sequence and and process, I'll get three times that level sales. That's how important follow up is. Um, Email is the single best tool ever. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I still agree with that. Yeah. I'm um, with you on that one. And I, I'm in an, an, an analytics companies. So we've, we've actually a simple analytics uh, program and there, email should be in your top three sources of clients. So direct traffic, because people know who you are, they're typing in the URL. So of course they know who you are and they buy Yeah. yeah. Uh, you people who are searching for you on your brand name. Again, they're looking for you, they know you. So they're searching for you and then you've email where, you, yeah. where you're actually following up and you have a link they're the three uh, top sales if they're not you've got huge potential <laughs> and this yeah. is where it, sometimes it's easy um if there's if there's no follow-up if there's no real if email isn't their top sales channel this makes my life fairly easy because i can yeah. just go in and say, okay guys redesign your business slightly here and you got success really quickly yeah uh, that's one part the other part of it then in terms of the quiz yes i i think having a relevant follow-up so let's say somebody ends mm. up being uh should be in hunter mode yeah so we have a sequence specifically for that with five emails to say this is what it means this is the pieces you can get in place so those who, gotcha. who bought initially will, will get it those who didn't will actually get more value from it and then can decide to buy or to go the yeah. wrong way yeah. um so you have that actually congruency is a great word Yep. You're linking in the test, the where someone is in their own mind with what comes next. Yeah. Um, it is vital.
0: Anyone who's yeah. not doing good follow-up loses sales. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. we get upset by irrelevant follow-up as well, don't we? And I, you know, I've had that on some chats recently. I've had some real, lovely exchanges of chats with people on social media, all very relevant, and then it goes completely off a, a tangent And they have. Then that you now know that they're just going down, you know, a rabbit warren of where they want to take me. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Having that relevant follow up and listeners, I think that's not just an important thing for digital follow up and for emails. I think it's important for all of our follow up. Yeah, people have got to feel that it's relevant and it's personal to them. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, if it's not
1: your chances of making a sale or getting someone to do what you want is pretty low. Yeah, You know, you, know, you think about it, it's, it's, it's nuts when it's not because it's like driving on a highway and then you're just veering left for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. No, and that's what's happening all the time, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a, 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 I can't remember what they were, but it was some kind of travel company and I was having a chat with somebody and, you know, I was talking about, you know, the fact that I take, you know, 10, 12 holidays a year. We've got a caravan. We love walking. We love going around with the caravan. Uh, and it was really nice. You know, where, what kind of places do you go? Do you have a dog? You know, all these questions, all relevant questions. And then it just went straight on to the sales of flights. Flight, 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 flight. I, you know, South America this. I did not go to with my caravan to Peru exactly. yeah, and there was no relevance there was no oh great it's good to see that you're taking caravan holidays have you ever thought about taking one a year abroad would you like to know more it just went at a complete different tangent. so yeah completely with you on that so uh, I've got to ask a, a, another question then if if you were to um, look at growing a business digitally and I mentioned this at the beginning because a lot of programs very much focus on digital because they see that as a way to accelerate. Many people listening to this probably haven't quite embraced the the basket of onions in, in digital. What kind of difference do you see that digital makes in real terms to businesses that embrace it to their growth or to their scaling? What kind of impact does digital have? Because I think it's massive, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, because we
1: actually, when we do, we do workshops on a digital strategy, people come into the room and they expect us to just talk about the tech and the tools. Now, I love the tech and the tools, yep, but we don't talk about that at all. What we talk about is the customer journey. So I want you to map out your buyer's journey. How does your how do your customers buy hmm. and then i get you to map out what do you do to help them buy today yep. and then another color on the layer we're actually a map for this um and it's what else could you do now when companies start looking at this they will see very quickly in at least 80 percent and actually i think right now it's closer to 90 percent The buyer's journey starts online. It doesn't start with them knocking on your door, on your office. It starts at a very casual, what is this? And either, either it's service discovery or it's search. So uh, I know my problem and I know the solutions out there for it. I search those terms or for certain ones, it's service discovery. I didn't know that existed. Wow. That's interesting. And I find that in social or I find it on a banner or, or a blog or something else. So that's, yeah. that's usually the, the trigger point. So if you start thinking about it like this, if this is how your customer starts their buyer's journey, your only choice is, do you want to be part of that or not? That's it. If you don't, okay, you're not, you're hoping that after they've decided what they want. And after other people have influenced them because most of our clients would say, yes, I want to be part of that journey. Yeah. You can influence their purchase decision. Uh, research makes it very clear deciding which supplier to choose is an easy decision. Deciding which solution suits my needs. That's tricky.
0: Yeah. So,
1: as a supplier, that's where you want to be, because if you help them decide, well, actually these solutions, work for you. These mightn't. We can help you with these two, but these are these are your, your other options. Yeah. You're more likely to then close a sale afterwards when they get to the next stage because they'll say, well, at least he's honest. They're genuine. Mm-hmm. They know what yeah. they're doing. Um, that solution will work for us. So you're, you're part of that journey. Yeah. That's a big decision. It's not about the tool you use. It's not about anything else. That's the strategic decision to make. What does it mean to you? Are you willing to jump into that or not? What does yeah. it mean to your company to get involved? Now, it doesn't mean offline is gone. Uh, I love QR codes, for example. Mm-hmm. So in shops, like I, 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 I get frustrated with shops today. They're getting footfall. They're letting people walk in and out of the shop and doing nothing about it. You can do lead capture easily, yeah. on, on in, inoffensively, with yeah. QR codes simple get them online from from offline uh follow up as you mentioned earlier from there it's not that difficult to do you know so we blend the two together and that's basically working out how do your customers buy today what is their customer journey and i use the term buyer's journey actually for this because it's the buyer who's doing the work and then your customer journey is what do you do about it Yeah, yeah um and follow that through and that's how you'll begin to see what's is your digital strategy really going to be based on what is your business design and they're all different you have lots of choices and the more you do choices you realize there are and this is what we take companies through actually this is this is my core of of what we do and then we do a business design and that which means what do you put in front of somebody that gets them to thinking ah what simon is doing is interesting Yeah. yeah tell me more Yep. exactly and then you you're off you know you've got the first because yeah. that's the hardest piece actually that first initial engagement that's usually the tough yeah piece. yeah yeah you get someone to put a hand up you know yeah, um yeah. that's where digital is really about it's the change yeah. made in buyer behavior um yeah. actually there's, there's one two quotes about this that's what actually really happened yeah. the same realization i had 20 something years ago when i found search and thought people are searching for our product to message to buy Content. It's fabulous if you think about it. Yeah. It changes everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And how do we adapt to that? That's our choice. Yeah. yeah. And makes sense. That choice has a huge consequence. Yeah. Uh, See. And once you focus on these fundamental principles, it becomes easy. There's about six different principles. You know, where are people? What's the source of traffic? What do they want? What do they do? How do you encourage them to engage? How do you encourage them to buy?
0: What's your follow up? That's how it works. And it becomes fairly simple. You know. So so I'm, go- I'm going to skip a question and I'll come back to it in a, in a moment then because I think you've shared with us something Edward, there very, very important. I'm sure listeners, you'll agree as well. So if you were to give the listeners something that they can take from what you've said in all of that just there, what would be the one thing that you would tell them to do immediately after they've listened to this podcast in the next two or three days or at least within the next week because we never want anybody to go within further than a week because otherwise they're going to forget what they're I'm going not. to do. Yeah. So what, what can the listeners take from what you've just said there? If you could just pick one thing that the listeners could take away today, that'd be really good. I'm going to leave, the,
1: leave them with something here. And I actually got a quote. Uh, it's a quote from Matt Sykes. He, he's done a good book on sales. Hmm. And your sole job is to join the conversation going on in your customer's head. That's it. How do you do that? And the only way, the way I know how to do that is if I look at their buyer's journey, look at their pain points, look at why they're, why they're there. That's how you then begin to understand that. So your driving force is that. Yeah. What does it mean to you? What is going on in their head? The beauty about this is. There's different things going on in their head based on where they are in the buyer's journey. You've got to capture those for your business. If you do that, you've made it Yeah. because you, you will resonate with the client. It's not easy <laughs> on the surface. It sounds, okay, this is common sense. What are you talking about? I can do that in five minutes. Yeah. You can't really have, because you have to really reflect, understand. Uh, I yeah. interview clients, especially when they've just bought, especially when
0: they've just made the interaction with you, because Experts. And that's, that's hard, isn't it? Because a lot of businesses don't want to jeopardize that initial purchase of it. So they they shy away until the client's more established because they don't want to scare them off by getting feedback. Also, they might not want the feedback as well.
1: Yeah, but it's the best stuff because the free yeah. text the words they use, that's where you find new clients. Because you see, yeah. we know our field. So I, I can easily talk to other experts in my field. It's harder for me to talk to someone who's just starting out because how can yeah. I relate to them? So I need these words from the one who's just joined us. Why did yeah. you do that? Yeah. So they use words like it's lonely on my own. I think, okay, that's new for me. Um, this is when we been through this exercise. Does um, this term you use that resonated? It's small stuff.
0: Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's
1: yeah. the conversation in their head. And yeah. that's what we need to try and implement within, within our own business. You know?
0: Yeah. So, so I think listeners for me, that is absolutely uh, golden. Uh, your last name shouldn't be uh, Nugent, it should be Nugget because that's a classic <laughs> Nugget there. Because very often, I think you know, in all my businesses, we fight to try and get our buyers and our customers to see what's in our head, to join our thoughts. Exactly. And it's exactly. not that listeners. And, you know, Listen to what Edward said, it's about doing it the other way around and getting into their minds and their thought process and their buying journey. Absolutely so it also makes social very easy because then you know what
1: to talk about yeah it makes your website relatively easy you know what to write
0: about because you're resonating with what they're thinking you know but it's not easy to get the first Yeah. yeah yeah so the question i would have asked normally before this is where can where can the listeners go to reach out for you so you shared so much you've talked a lot about the maps that you have the courses the programs where can people go edward to find out more about you and connect with the amazing stuff that you're doing out there uh, linkedin is probably the easiest place to connect so just edward nugent um at
1: linkedin if you search there i'm actually i've been on linkedin for i don't know nearly 20 years so it's just edward nugent so yep. linkedin like so you'll find me there quite easily. Uh, alternatively, our website is digitalscorecard.com scorecard.com and um, you, you'll find us there. We're actually launching that new quiz, I hope, next week. Yeah, uh, great. So, anyway, well, actually, again, the podcast is out. I think we'll be, we'll be
0: live with it. It will, it will. Right. yeah, definitely. Look yeah. yeah, so digital scorecard, no, no dots, nothing like that, just one word, digital uh, and. Your last name, Nugent, is N-U-G, G G for golf, E-N-T. So uh, Edward Nugent. Yeah, perfect. Great. Final question then, to wrap it up. And thank you for giving so much time, by the way, because I know know, we've, we've given such value here. If you were going to have your next coffee, let's say it's a refillable filter coffee or brew coffee, what book would you love to be reading and where would you be?
1: Ooh. Um, this is aspirational rather than what I'm going to do tomorrow.
0: <laughs> it could be either. It could be either, to be honest.
1: Actually, I'll can do. I, I I'll do it in two parts. So tomorrow I know who I'm going to be. Um, I'm renovating this old house. We bought a, a, a hundred plus. We're actually finding stuff under the floorboards. I found an old, an old English penny from with King George on it. Uh, from 1913 so this is the it's an old house renovating it um so it's a bit of a mess so in the morning I will be in a Starbucks across the road I'm in central Dublin um doing my work the book and actually the book I recommend more than anything last year was the only book I recommended and that Mm -hmm. was they ask you answer by Marcus Sheridan it is fabulous uh one full year now I love uh, Mike uh, McCalavich. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, um. And Mike's Get Different is another fabulous book. Actually, if you want an easy to read, entertaining book, Mike's it. Um, yeah, yeah. Get different.
0: Yeah. And the yeah. banana. All, all banana his banana. books are so conversational and just easy to follow, aren't On they? It. Yeah. It, it, On the exactly. way he connects with the reader is just exceptional. Yeah. yeah really. Exactly.
1: Is. So if you want an easy read and entertaining, no question, it's Mike's uh, Get Different. I actually love that yeah. book. Like everybody should aim to be different. Um, in terms of the topic we're talking here, they ask, you answer is fabulous.
0: Right. Well, I'm um, add that is, to my, I've never, I've never listened or read that. So uh, okay. Marcus Sheridan and he is all in the terms
1: of, they ask it. Basically your customers ask, ask you questions. Your job is to answer these questions. Anticipate again, helps you join the conversation going on in your client's heads, all about yeah. that a really easy concept man is it difficult to implement (laughs) (laughs) I bet yes the more you start looking at it and thinking about it you you probably overthink it it takes time yeah Um, a bit like the get different you know implementing to be different takes takes work
0: yeah
1: so they're the two books I'd actually read um if I was in anyone's shoes today yeah, because so good. yeah well it's
0: a long while since i've been to dublin i used to go to mondello park and watch the motorbike racing every year yeah. so uh, yeah i've had many a drunken night in dublin in uh, templars bar and uh, other places around dublin center so thank you for sharing that thank you for giving us so much value edward um you've given us so much to think about listeners you've got two jobs now the first one is to leave us a review let us know what you've done let us know what you thought of this podcast episode and the second thing is to check out edward at digital connect with him on linkedin uh, and implement what he said there about getting into the thoughts and the the buyer's journey of your yeah. ideal clients and your prospects so uh, yeah that's your job thank you so much edward you've it's been nice a great that. guest uh, and uh, yeah um, i'm sure the listeners have taken great value from it Absolutely listen. Thank you for having me on here, Simon. It's been great. Yeah. Always fun. And listeners, as always, I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.